everyone, I am so excited to be starting off our first Women in STEM series with Alana Mullen. Me and Alana went to the same secondary school and we both have had very different journeys. Throughout A-levels, Alana absolutely loved nuclear physics. So for university, she moved to Manchester where she studied physics for her degree. After finishing the degree, Alana was set on taking a year out. However, after working in the hospitality sector for a while, Alana realised that a year out wasn't for her. So she moved forward with then studying her Masters in Nuclear Science and Technology. Throughout this Masters, Alana did a lot of travelling and one of the places where she ended up was Vienna. It was during her time in Vienna where she was offered an internship with the United Nations where she was working with a nuclear reactor course. Alana has had such an amazing journey so far and she's planning on continuing her journey and studying a PhD. Throughout this episode, Alana discusses her experiences of studying and working within STEM. I really hope that you all thoroughly enjoy this episode with Alana and I'll chat to you soon. Hi Alana, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Working at Careers. How have you been keeping? I've been good. I've been keeping really well, actually. I've been keeping active and busy, which I think is important. It is so important. It's good for everyone's mental health at the moment to try and keep going, because if you stop, you overthink things and then you start to panic. <laughs> yeah, podcasts and running have been my best friend, which is so on me. Like, people will be listening to this being like, Alana, like, is that you? But it's it's been a nice change. <laughs> I've been listening to so many podcasts too and it makes you feel like you're in like a conversation every week it's the same thing and you feel like you're part of something <laughs> oh yeah you start laughing along and then you start to be like is this really like no it's fine I've been bitten by the bug I'm into it <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for you to be joining the Women in STEM miniseries it is so important for especially young girls to know that these careers and these jobs are available to them. Like we were so lucky and um, we went to the same secondary school and our school was very good at pushing the young ladies towards 10 subjects but there's a lot of girls who don't have those opportunities. Yeah for sure. Um, STEM as well I think it's it's such a broad area right. STEM what does STEM mean and there's so many jobs. I mean there's jobs that I can never even have heard of and I've been in this for a couple of years. And there's so many different areas and so many different niches and it's just so hard to get like a feel for any of them. I mean, my my three best friends at school, we are all in STEM and we're all in such different areas and we have such different day-to-days. And it's really, really interesting to see how that compares and contrasts, which I think is what you're hoping to do with this podcast, Vanessa, right? Absolutely. And as you said, there are so many jobs out there. School can only do so much for you. School, school's great and university is great, but there's there's jobs that your teachers don't know of. So I think it's important to bring people on to show that these jobs are available because it's another career route that someone might be interested in. For sure. Although I'm not sure I'm too versed in jobs just yet. So I'm still, I'm starting my PhD now, but we can definitely look at the academic branches and how you get to those jobs eventually. Elena, what was your journey like from leaving secondary school to now planning to do your PhD? So I guess I was actually pretty lucky because somewhere in fifth year in Dr. McLaughlin's physics class, I came across nuclear physics and I've got no idea why it's such a weird area, but I was like, this is really cool. I'm really into this. And I was really lucky in that, like, you know, I did A-level physics and then I went and did my degree in physics at University of Manchester and it's still stuck with me. I know so many other people who, you know, started off doing something and then got to university and was like, oh, I was so wrong. I was really lucky in that I, I completely somehow total fluke, hooked the right area, and I've really, you know, been involved the whole way through. 
Um, so I did my degree in physics, <laughs> which had some highs and lows. I mean, I wanted to be a nuclear physicist, and there is a lot of physics that are very far removed from nuclear physics that you have to struggle your way through. And there was struggle. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'd be wary of that, especially when you've got a specific degree. Um, you go do a physics degree and you've got the option of picking other areas of physics and you don't have to repeat or change courses. So it's, it's nice and it gives you options there. But if you've got something really specific in mind, bear in mind that you are going to have to go through the entirety of electrodynamics, which was very, very painful in my experience. But it gives you the option that if you go in going, I want to do nuclear and then you hate it, you can pick another area and still stay within physics. So there's pros and cons. Doing the music degree as well, like I think in, in first year you had to do a wee bit of everything and I hated, you know, like writing music and, and you know, just things like that. And you, you had to try everything and you just kind of had to suffer through to see what you were into and what you really liked. Oh my God, Vanessa, what was that music stuff? Was it Sibelius in GCSE music? Mm-hmm, awful. <laughs> You're giving me, oh no, I hated it as well. <laughs> <laughs> what what was it that actually drew you to nuclear physics? What was it that made you want, want a career in that? Um, I have no idea. As I said, it was literally like I was in fifth year and I was like, this is really cool. And for some reason, it didn't stop being cool. So I finished my degree. I had a bit of a crisis of faith, I must admit. And I was going to take a gap year. Um, during my degree, I was working in hospitality, quite involved. I had got myself up to like a managerial level. I was making decent money in tips. And I said, OK, you know what? I didn't get to take a gap year. I, you know, I've done education the whole way through. I'm, I'm going to take a gap and I'm going to try something else. So I finished my degree in the June and I took this job as general manager of a restaurant in Manchester. And we're not going to say any names, but it was a disaster. <laughs> it just, it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And the world wasn't as rosy as I thought it was. And there were some health and safety issues. And me being the idealist I was, dug my feet in and said, you know, if you're not going to do this properly, I'm not going to do it at all. And that just so happened to coincide with um, September. <laughs> and I had applied for my postgrad, uh, intending to defer for a year. And I hadn't quite deferred yet. And I was like, okay, you know what? This, this experience has propelled me into the next one. I do not want to do that. And, you know, in coronavirus times now, I'm glad I didn't choose hospitality. Uh, and I did my postgrad. So I did um, an MSc in nuclear science and technology at University of Manchester as well. Um, the great thing about the nuclear industry is we are very well funded. We don't really have the typical academic problems that other people have. Everything is fully paid for. They spend a lot of money. They're really interested in early careers. And it's a phenomenal uh, track for that kind of thing. There's constantly dinners and balls and galas and you know, young people's brunches, and it's a great industry to get into from that perspective. So our course was um, in part industry funded. It was a one-year master's, and it was wonderful because uh, they call it a consortium. So we got moved around, and you, you do this thing where you follow the expertise. So they'll say, we've got a great professor in Sheffield who teaches cement. Let's go to there. And we would spend weeks all around the country. Um, and in one of these, I ended up in Vienna. So we went to TU Wien, which is the technical university in Vienna. And we did a reactor course. So a reactor operation course in one of their, their um, technical reactors, their nuclear reactors. And that was just amazing. That was such a good opportunity. And by chance, and a lot of this is by chance, uh, on the last day of the week that we spent in Vienna, one of the guys there said, hey, I've got a contact uh, at the United Nations. We've got a big nuclear division there. Do you want to go on a field trip? And all of us were like, yeah, of course, that'd be great. 
So the UN division um, of the nuclear emergency response. So the way I describe it is, has anyone seen Chernobyl? Did you watch that, Vanessa? No, I think it would be too much for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, really good television. And it's actually pretty scientifically accurate, which I give it even more claps for. So there's a bit of a cover up, right? It's happened. They've done wrong. They're trying to cover it up. And they keep making this reference. Don't tell Vienna. Don't let Vienna find out. Um, and Vienna is kind of the base for the, the regulatory committee on the international level. So by chance, we went on a field trip. And I swear to God, I was walking out the door. And this guy just said off the cuff, oh, by the way, we've got an internship opportunity. It closes next week. You should apply. And I was like, oh, that would be really cool. Maybe I should apply. And I went home and I applied and I forgot about it. This is kind of a... Uh, an iconic thing in terms of the UN. They're not very quick at getting back to you. There's a lot of background checks and things to do. So it's been six months. I get this phone call out of the blue, like, you know, we've got your application. Do you do you want to come in and work at the UN? And I was like, oh my good God. I rang my daddy and I was like, I've just had a phone call from the UN. And he was like, no, you haven't. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah, I have. And it was last minute. It was, I think, July, and I needed to be there for September. And I was trying to, like, work out how do you even move to Austria? Like, moving to Manchester is one thing. Moving to a different language is an entirely different thing. <laughs> but we got there in the end. I got there. Um, and my position was in the response center. So we were the, like, standby center uh, for if there was ever any sort of nuclear emergency. So we liaise with various uh, governments, we information exchange, and we might provide some technical assistance in terms of validating uh, any information that comes in. We kind of, it's a lot of work, (laughs) obviously, for a a country if they were to ever have to respond to something on the scale of Fukushima, for instance. You know, can you imagine if you had every single country in the world calling you and texting you and emailing you being like, can I have some more information? What about our citizens? Blah, 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 blah. So we're kind of the call center. You call us, we'll call them, we'll let you know, we'll get back to you. And it takes some of the onus of responsibility off off the responding state, who's obviously, you know, panic stations. They're dealing with a lot on a national level. So, I mean, that was an amazing opportunity, right? Every morning I got up, I walked past all of the flags because there is lots of flags. There's always lots of flags. (laughs) Uh, And I went to work um, supporting this response center, which was just such an opportunity. Throughout university and in your internship, did you feel like women were greatly underrepresented in STEM? Oh, for sure. So the IEA are actually really good at that. If you look at any job posting by the IEA, it will say very clearly, you know, we're, I can't remember the exact words, but we especially encourage anyone from an underrepresented state or any woman. So luckily for me, Ireland is not particularly big in the nuclear industry and I am a woman. So there's they do give you some advantages in the sense of that because they want everyone to be represented at that table. And it's a really nice place to work in terms of that. But yes, there was a lot more men, significantly more men than there was women around. So that was quite nice as well to kind of represent the girls and, and be at that table. Throughout your course as well and the way you're going to be doing your PhD, do you think that women are really um, underrepresented within the course as well? I, I would say there is there's significantly more boys by, you know, two, three, four times sometimes. This is such a difficult question, but what do you think is actually putting young girls off from actually applying to these courses? 
Um, I think culturally, you know, it, it's grassroots, right? What do you tell your little girl when she's three years old? You know, what do you push her towards being? Because we all, we all say that, right? You know, someone says, I want to be a ballerina. And you say, no, what about a doctor instead? Maybe, maybe we should be saying engineers or physicists or, you know, in, instead. And I think there's a lot of people who are doing this really well. And there's a lot of grassroots kind of organizations that are that are doing that. There's a really, really great initiative called This is What a Scientist Looks Like. It's on Twitter and it's on Instagram. And, you know, you get these women who are dressed to the nines or dressed in their football shirts or whatever. But it's trying to show the diversity of women in science. This is what a scientist looks like. And it's everything from, you know, a ball gown to a GAA jersey um but it's a really nice initiative to show little girls like you can wear lipstick you can wear sneakers you can you can do you can be whoever you are and still be in science which i think is a really nice visual kind of representation i've spoken to a few girls who are doing engineering and they are like eight out of 40 or 50 people within a course so it's crazy to think how underrepresented they are but it's good to see that it's getting better slowly it is changing. And if I can plug, yes, it's September, I can still plug. Uh, the IEA has recently opened uh, applications for bursaries for the Marie Curie um, scholarship. And they are offering, I think it's 100 women, something like 20,000 euro scholarships to do their master's in science. So if anyone out there is at that point in their career, it's definitely something you should look into. Uh, the applications are open until December. So there is help out there. I must say that there is. You just need to be out there and you need to look for it and you need to be told. We need to be better at explaining these things and sharing these opportunities. One thing I've noticed, especially within the nuclear sector, is it's very insular, right? Everyone knows. Everyone. It's, I'm only like, what, a couple of years into this and I'm starting to walk into conferences and be like, oh, that's, you know, Jeff from EDF. And it's so small. It's terrifying. But, you know, Outreach is important in any any area, but I think especially within these highly men-concentrated kind of areas, then we should put more women in, in those outreach positions. And it's something I've really been working with all the way through uni. No, absolutely. It is really important. And what would like your day's work look like and what would it include as someone who is in nuclear science? Um, so at the agency, it was really varied. We all sorts of different tasks. Sometimes we would be writing um, meeting reports because we did a lot of consultancies. We'd have experts come in from all over the world. They'd, you know, have a discussion and we'd be left with the task of trying to write all that up coherently into a report that made sense. Um, you know, sometimes we'd be participating in these panels. We'd be talking and sharing our views. We'd be doing different things. In terms of something in your degree, day to day, it, it can vary as well. It, you can kind of make what you want from your degree, I think. You can spend a lot of time in the library. You can work collaboratively. Uh, one thing I would recommend is try and find a group of friends that are like interested in working their way through the problem sheet with you. Don't do that by yourself. I tried to do that by myself for far too long, and it is. It's not how it's actually designed to be done. If you talk to any professor, you're actually supposed to get together in a group and work your way through it. These are supposed to be tasks that are not supposed to be done by yourself in your bedroom. You're supposed to work through them. Uh, so collaboration is so important in professional science, but I think a lot of people forget about that when they're doing their undergrad. They think, oh, you know, this is something I need to do. 
I think that's the same in every subject. I feel like being in university is so difficult because in school we were definitely spoon fed to an extent and then whenever you get to university it's like you're trying to learn how to do things yourself and it's, it's hard and you're struggling so w- when you're kind of like in deep water it is hard to remember to kind of do like help other people too because you're struggling yourself. Yeah and as you said, I think that transcends, you know, physics or STEM or science. That's That works for any degree stream, whether it be music or, or anything else. Get together and work through it because you're not alone. You're not the only person that finds this difficult. And my God, you know, I've, I've sat and stared at the page being like, I have no idea and spent far too much time when it probably would have been a lot more productive to go call someone and be like have you got any ideas and bounce off each other it's just better than sitting in silence for young girls now in secondary school or people who are doing undergrads what advice would you have for them for moving forward with a stem subject and from your own experiences um i hesitate to use the phrase but lean in i think there's some negative connotations with that concept but honestly lean in reach out uh, manchester has some really good initiatives for women in physics and women in science and and different like coffee mornings and stuff and i thought that i was a little bit too cool for them to begin with i was like oh that's kind of lame like they're really keen right i don't know if i'm that keen but the networking and the like opportunities that come across in those meetings or make them so worth getting over yourself and getting yourself into the room the conversations you have with people will shape your degree and your your career the opportunities like hopefully you know i would love if someone from Derry could apply to that marie curie scholarship and get it that's a lot of money that could really improve someone's someone's master's degree it would completely have changed mine i was still working tables <laughs> in hospitality for my master's degree if i had been able to just concentrate oh that would have been nice um but yeah lean in go to all these meetings you know be be involved in outreach and go to extracurricular things you're not too cool for it it will really improve like your your experience and it's actually really enriching as well and you, you develop a community which like-minded interests which i don't think a lot of people you know i have my best friends from school obviously but are we really interested in the same things anymore i'm not sure it's good to have that group of like i can go nerd out and talk about edf's proposal in in size well c or you know stuff that no one else knows about so it's it's definitely worthwhile making those connections and making those networks and get together and again as i said with the problem questions and the papers collaborate make a group surround yourself in people that you want to be around and that you admire no absolutely i think it's really important and thank you so much for coming on today and chatting with me i really enjoyed it you've given some really great advice best of luck in your phd because it sounds like you're gonna have such an interesting career <laughs> thank you very much vanessa i hope so too <laughs> and thank you so much i'll chat to you later you too bye